What's it all about? In the 21st century, surely there are other ways that they could spend a Sunday evening. There's something different that they could be doing, and yet they've chosen to do it tonight. And it is really wonderful that you're here. Thank you so much, all of you. Those of you that know them, those of you that don't know them. And it's an important moment in their lives. I want to try and explain to you, just for a few minutes, why these four candidates are doing this. And I also want you to think about it yourself. Maybe you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and you've never been baptised. Well, why not get baptised tonight? There's plenty of water, there's extra clothes, there's towels, and there are willing hands, and they'll only hold you under for half an hour each. You'll be fine. (laughs) But seriously, I want you to think about it. I want you to ask yourself this question. Why are these people doing this? And if they have the courage of their convictions, if they have the bravery to make the decision that they have, why can't I? And it might be that you're here this evening and you're not even yet a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will watch these four people being baptised and it will cause you to really ask yourself some questions about your direction of life and where you're going and what is at the centre of who you are. For you this evening is an opportunity to be introduced to the greatest most wonderful friend that you could ever, ever meet, Jesus Christ. But more than that, to meet someone who is strong enough to carry you through every difficulty, kind enough to forgive you of every mistake you've ever made, faithful enough to change you and transform you, courageous enough to challenge you about your lifestyle and what you may or may not be doing, and uh, merciful enough to accept you just as you are. None of us have to pass a test to be accepted by Almighty God. There's only one question that we need to be able to answer, and I'll come to that in a moment or two. When I think about why these guys are getting baptised tonight, I think about my own baptism. I became a Christian in 1986, born and brought up in a family that wasn't religious at all, would have been nominally Presbyterian, and would have been in and out of churches for weddings, for hatches, batches, and dispatches, for weddings, dedications, and for funerals, but not really churchgoers at all. I came to a personal living faith in Jesus Christ when I was 16. And about 10 days later, the church that I was part of had a baptismal service. And they invited people who had become Christians, if they wanted to get baptized, to do so. And alongside a number of other people, I believed that it was right to do that. So I went through this act that you're going to go through in a few minutes myself 33 years ago. And when I got baptised, I was asked two simple questions. They weren't very complicated. The first one was this, do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? My answer to that was yes. The second question was, is it your intention to serve him for the rest of your life? My answer to that question was yes too. So I was baptised in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And 33 years later, I'm still trying to be faithful to those promises. My whole life is built around those two answers. Every day of my life, I think about it. Every morning of my life, I think about the fact that when I was baptised, I made two declarations. The first was that I believed that Jesus Christ who was who he claimed to be. The Son of God, the Messiah, the Saviour of the world, the one who had come to forgive me of all of my wrongdoing, accept me just as I am and bring change and transformation into my life. The second was that I promised I would follow him for the rest of my life. I haven't been good at that all the time. 
I've made many mistakes. I've fallen. I've got it wrong. There are some days I felt close to him and some days I felt very far away from him. But my whole life is lived around trying to honor that simple commitment. I promised that I would serve him and I declared that I believed in him. Now the questions that our candidates will be asked might be slightly different in uh, words, but the tone is exactly the same. You will hear four people say that they believe that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world, that he has come and that his death and his resurrection has set them free, that they have been changed by him, that they have discovered life in him, and you will hear as they are baptized that it is their desire to follow him. And as they are plunged under the water and then pulled up again, they're making exactly the same declaration as I did 33 years ago and as I invite you to think about. Now here's the thing. I am now 48, 49 this year. Um, I was um, baptized as a baby. My mum and dad brought me down to the church and the minister sprinkled me with water and said some things over me. We didn't call it getting baptized like many of you. We called it getting christened. The word christened comes from a different English word, Christianized. The thing is, when I was christened, I knew nothing about it. I didn't make that decision. I wasn't involved in it. It wasn't me that was saying, I want to do this. My mum and dad weren't churchgoers. They weren't even making really strong commitments. It was a rite, a ceremony, an act. It was a, a bit of tradition and culture. It's what they did when my uh, sister was born. And as soon as she came out of hospital, they took her to St. Anne's Cathedral so that she could get christened because they were worried about her. But they, my mum and dad didn't really think about it very much. And certainly I didn't think about it growing up. Some of you might be listening to me tonight saying, well, I don't need to get baptized. I've already been christened. Being christened doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. Having a Christian mum and dad doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. Having Christian grandparents doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. Paying into the church, my mum until she died, put some money in an envelope every week and left it at the door for somebody from the church down the bottom of her lane in Greymount to come and collect. Doesn't make you a Christian. The only thing that makes you a Christian is what you will hear these four people talking about tonight. And that is that they have laid their lives down in front of Jesus Christ. I want to read you two very simple passages from the New Testament to help you understand what is happening. The first is from Acts chapter two. It's the first day of the church's life. Acts is a history of the church. And a man called Peter has explained to those that are present in Jerusalem where these words were spoken, what they have seen is they've seen people who have been changed by God's power. And uh, here's what happens in Acts chapter two, verse 37. When they heard this, that's the crowd, when they saw what was happening, when they heard what um, was going on, when they heard Peter saying that Jesus Christ was the saviour of the world, the Messiah, who had died and rose again, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Some Bibles have their, what do we do to be saved? Peter said to them, repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
for the promises for you, for your children and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. Verse 41 says, those who welcomed his message were baptized and that day 3,000 people were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayers. I wonder how long that baptismal service took. 3,000 people all making that decision. That would have been a long baptismal service. The other verse that I want to read to you is from the Gospel of John. John chapter 1 about Jesus. He was in the world and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to those who were his own and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. God always blesses the public reading of his inspired and his infallible word. So the four people, maybe more if you decide to be baptized tonight, that are going to get baptized, have all gone through a process similar to the process that was described in my first reading. They have, first of all, heard that Jesus Christ died for them. They have heard that Jesus was crucified on a cross for their wrongdoing. And that through his death, they are given the, they're given the opportunity of new life. In order to receive that new life, they have all done one simple thing. And that is, they have repented. Now that's a theological word, and some people might think that that's a bit complicated. It really isn't. Let me show you what repentance is. The Greek word is metanoia, and here is what it means. They were walking in one direction, and when they heard the good news of who Jesus Christ was, they stopped they turned away from those things that were not right and they started walking in a different direction. That act of stopping, turning and walking toward God is the act of repentance. They have apologized to him for their mistakes. They have confessed that they are weak. They have declared that they need his forgiveness, his grace and his mercy. And they have said there is nowhere else where we can find the help to live that we need other than in Jesus Christ. And by doing that, by repenting, by that simple act, their destiny is changed. They are now bound to God and God is bound to them. They have become followers of Jesus Christ. Every mistake they've made and every mistake they will ever make has been forgiven. Every wrong turn, everything in their lives is dealt with. God didn't ask them to pass a test. He didn't tell them to sit a theological exam. They didn't have to become better people. They didn't have to get all their um, religious P's and Q's in the right places, their I's dotted and their T's crossed. They came as they were. And they asked Jesus Christ to forgive them and he did it. And now tonight, the second half of that decision is taking place. They've already made the private decision. They've already said they want God in their lives. They've already made this decision for themselves. Some of them came to a course that we run called an Alpha course that explains Christianity. Others came to services like this and heard about Jesus. Others had friends who talked to them about Jesus. Others have been reading the Bible for themselves, but they've all come to know this. Jesus Christ is the answer to their life's problems. He's the one that can set them free. He's the one that can give them hope. He's the one that can give them peace. He's the one that can give them joy. Their lives have been changed. Some of you have noticed those changes. Some of you scratch your heads and think, gosh, she used to be very different. 
Her language has changed. Her behaviour has changed. Her attitude has changed. He used to be different. Now, he's, he's, he's like a really souped up version of himself. What's gone on in him? What's happened is they've encountered and discovered God's grace and forgiveness and mercy. And now tonight as they are baptised, they are declaring to you that they belong to Jesus. And as they go into this water, it's like they're going into a grave and they're burying their old lives. And as we pull them up out of the water, we're declaring that they are now in new life and that they are now part of God's family and that we are proud to call them sisters and brothers. Some of them will be um, determined to leave some old habits behind as they are baptised. Some will be determined to make some decisions as they come into this water. As they go into it, they'll be saying, Lord, this is the first time I have declared publicly to so many people that I belong to you. Can I say to the four candidates this evening, I am so excited. I love baptismal services. If I had my way, I would have one every week. I think they're amazing. When I preach in other parts of the world, particularly in big conventions where there are lots and lots of, sometimes tens or hundreds of thousands of people, you know, sometimes we will have um, two or three different tents. I was saying this to Pastor Pip earlier on. We'll have a tent where we explain who Jesus is and we'll have a tent next door with hundreds and hundreds of tanks of water so that the people that decide to become Christians can come out of that tent and walk into the next one and get baptised. And then they'll walk out of that one into the next one where we'll pray for them and we'll help them and we'll give them some tools and things that can help them to grow in their Christian life. If I had my way, we'd have a baptismal service every Sunday night uh, or every Sunday morning and people would be able to have the opportunity to declare their allegiance to Jesus as soon as they became Christians. That's what's happening here. Now, where do they get that right from? What gives them the right to go into this water? Here's the thing. These four candidates are not better people than you. They're not holier than thou. They're not looking down their religious glasses at you, tutting. They're not people that wag their finger at you and tell you that you're all so dirty and vile. They're like you and me. They still make mistakes. They still get things wrong. They still know that their lives are not perfect. What has changed is they believe in Jesus. They believe that he is their saviour. They believe that he has forgiven them. And it's that that qualifies them for baptism. Sometimes people think that in order to be baptised, you have to be holy. I hope that's not true. Because if it is, I'm in trouble. I've never baptised a holy person in my life. Getting baptised doesn't make you holy. The only test you have to pass, I told you earlier on that I would explain it, there's only one question. Have you turned from everything else and laid your life at the feet of Jesus Christ? Are you sorry for your sin? Do you recognize him as the savior of the world? Do you describe Jesus Christ as Lord? There's the question. If you say yes to that, then you are ready to be baptized. I am excited about the four candidates. I'm praying that there'll be others. I'm praying that some of you will be listening and thinking, do you know what? I think I could get baptized tonight. I think I'm ready. I will ask you about that later on, but I want you to think about it. But what I've seen in these guys, in Andrew and Jill and Lucy and Alan, is people who love Jesus. Some of them have come to know him recently. Others have known him for a while. They're all really nervous about getting baptized, so be kind to them. 
but they're saying something to you. You know these people. I don't need to do any more explaining. You know their stories. God has changed them. God is changing them. God is giving them hope. God is giving them a better future. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't embrace that? I really, really, really pray that tonight, online and in this room, there will be people who will make a decision to follow Jesus Christ for the first time and others who will make a decision to be baptized and declare to the world that they are not ashamed of God because God is not ashamed of them. God bless you.